Hello and welcome to the MyCare Champion Cast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Laura Hall of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. This is the fifth episode in our series that covers key issues surrounding healthcare in Michigan and how you can help protect the health of your community. Today, we're talking more generally as we hear from three guests about advocacy. They'll share their experiences and give advice about how you can get started or become a better healthcare advocate. First, we'll hear from Kate Steele, a healthcare advocate from Milford, who supports disabled individuals and shares her story about key policy issues that affect people with disabilities. I never really intended on advocacy being such a big part of my life. Before my accident, like so many others, I was really blind to the needs and lifestyle of those with disabilities. And when I got into my accident, my world was just flipped upside down. Um, and when you are living in a wheelchair and you learn all of the quirky ins and outs of your daily life and the struggles that you face and the adaptations that are required just for simple daily living, um, I feel really blessed to have come into contact with the people that I have and I've been taught so much just by beautiful women and men in wheelchairs in my same position that I feel the only way that I can really show my gratitude is to pay it forward and spread that message. You know, especially in advocating for the rights of people with disabilities. It's such uncommon knowledge that I feel like a little bit of education or just for me to share my story goes a long way. How do you advocate? What types of activities do you participate in? What types of causes do you get involved in? So as a full-time student and business owner, it's, it's not the easiest to be able to schedule, and I wish that I could do more advocacy work than I'm able to at the moment. But um, over the years, I have done quite a bit of peer mentoring for young women who are in my position, um, newly injured and faced with the diagnosis of spinal cord injury. And so I've met with them just to kind of talk and be a figure. Um, I think often, like what you said earlier, to talk and to be told and to hear something from someone who's been in your shoes resonates so much more than a doctor or a therapist. And in addition to that, I've, I've lobbied up in Lansing for um, auto no fault of Michigan, and I have tried to educate people on the importance and benefit of no fault itself. Do you have any anecdotes about when you first got started as an advocate and, you know, saw your ability to actually make a difference? You know, every person that I've ever 
had the opportunity to um, speak with as an advocate, I guess, has, of course, made an impact on me. But I think the most, I don't know, like the greatest memories and aha moments that I've ever had has been when people are talking to me. And it's not necessarily that they're advocating, um, because I don't look at a lot of what I do as advocacy. But I just to see someone in my position, whether they have a lot more physical ability or way less physical ability than myself doing something that I never thought possible is just like, huh, well, what am I doing not doing that? Um, I don't, it's just, you, you think, like, why isn't someone doing something about this? And then you're like, oh, I'm someone. Do you have any wisdom or advice that you kind of keep in the back of your head as you're, as you're working out in the community and um, kind of speaking with people in your same position or, you know, the general public about your, you know, what your experiences are like? Um, the one thing that I, I constantly say, and it, it's a lot of times that it doesn't want to be heard, um, but there is always someone worse off than you. And whether you feel as though life has dealt you a horrible hand, and it it very well may have, but um, a moment is a moment, and a bad moment is just that. You get to decide how you want to make your day when you wake up. And I've I've experienced the I won't go into graphic details, but the embarrassing and humiliating things that can happen when you have a spinal cord injury. But as the days go on, you realize that it's just a bad day or a bad moment. And someone always has it worse off than you. And that's really all I wanted uh, to cover on with these questions, but I wanted to just see if there was anything else that you wanted to add. Or So this quote is by Bette Reese, and it says, if you think you are too small to be effective, you have never been in bed with a mosquito. And it so resonated with me, and not only does it take that effect that night with the one, two, hundred bites that it gives you, but that impact and that itch lingers with you for days after. And so I think advocacy and even just the bravery of sharing your own story, not even if it's whatever the reason is for it, there is always someone like you 
you are not ever the only person going through what you're going through. And I think that when people stop looking at life as in just their own and the effect and the impact that one person can have on others, I think it gives an opportunity for the world to be a changed place. Next, Stephanie Helton, who leads communications and grassroots advocacy at Trinity Health, will share her perspective about her own advocacy in her work to inform and mobilize other healthcare advocates. You know, in the healthcare world, um, advocacy can mean a lot of things. Uh, it depends on, uh, in many ways, the context in which you place it. Uh, but regardless, it's the, the overall all act is the same. Uh, when I heard the word advocacy in my early days in healthcare, it meant being an advocate for the care of a patient, you know, finding ways to develop better pathways to heal body, mind, and spirit. Um, today, uh, it's a little bit different. It still means that on, on behalf of the patient, but we've expanded that. Uh, and, and brought it from the bedside into the mainstream political process. So, you know, advocacy includes um, having a voice at the local and state and federal levels, um, and, it, and it focuses on the care and the treatment of, patient, of patients, but through laws and, re- and legislations that affect that care. It affects reimbursement. It, re- it re- affects coverage, providers, technologies, the, the list goes on and on, so we can have a really huge impact on a wide variety of areas. So in general, how can you be a successful advocate? There are, there's an important place for everyone in the healthcare path um, to be an influential advocate on important issues that are, are, and it's important that they're important to you. Just like anything else, you need to identify the issues that inspire passion and work to influence that process. Um, healthcare isn't just about what happens within the four walls of the institution. There are opportunities for those who feel strongly about not only healthcare issues, but things that impact healthcare, like smoking, um, human trafficking, um, just a, a variety of other uh, social issues as well. So not only do you have the real uh, direct healthcare links, but you have a number of, of social issues that you can tune into through your healthcare providers. Um, one of the things that's really important to remember, too, with advocacy is it's not a sprint. Um, you know, there are a lot of um, things that might you might have to sprint into action and take care of in short term, but really it's the long game that's really important um, in, in advocacy, and I would say pretty much any advocacy, whether it's healthcare or not. Um, you know, you often think that, uh, you get past something and it's done, but it, it really isn't. So over your years of um, working in advocacy um, and being an advocate, what sort of lessons have you learned or even missteps have you experienced? Well, I think that that idea that, you know, going back to that sprint scenario is really the one. And I go back to the Affordable Care Act. I worked in the field um, at a local hospital for several years before I came to Trinity Health and, you know, worked on the passage of the Affordable Care Act. I had, um, you know, deep commitment to our local free uh, clinic and wanted to see those folks uh, 
be treated with dignity, respect, um, and um, continued care through uh, healthcare coverage that was provided to them continuously, not you know, not just when they could make it into the clinic. And uh, you know, I watched the ACA pass in 2010, and I helped in some small ways in Michigan to get Medicaid expansion through in 2013. And now we're on the brink of losing all of that again and, you know, having to recharge not only our own batteries to do that, but really galvanize the entire country around these issues and and highlight the importance of, of some of this legislation that goes through. So what resources are there out there to um, help people understand the issues? Well, you know, social media has just exploded um, in so many different ways from an activist uh, perspective. I mean, Facebook even issued their own um, program called Town Hall where um, users can go in and and self-identify their desires, interests, that kind of thing, and then participate, um, you know, in the the, – in the advocacy process with their elected officials on a routine basis. You can also check out some great apps that are out there. There's Countable, PolitiFact, Poll Tracker. All of these are great resources for people if they want to keep really on top of day-to-day what um, policies are, are, are up for a vote, what things legislators are looking at in the long term. So there's lots of opportunities for people to get engaged and stay engaged. For somebody who's listening that hasn't started doing any sort of advocacy but is passionate and wants to get started, what advice would you give them to get started? You know, um, advocacy is all about relationship building, and, you know, that's the key to to being an advocate or an activist is you want to develop as many key relationships as you can with legislators so that they know that you're just not one of the folks out there, um, you know, you want to make an impression to really have an impact. So first I would suggest that, you know, if there's issues, um, I don't know, I'm just going to say this because it's been in the news recently around gun control, um, you know, and you're interested in that, Google that and, and look up some different associations and organizations that might um, have uh, policies around that issue or policy recommendations around that issue, and then try to find somebody that, um, you know, reflects your feelings on those issues, and then sign up for their emails, um, take part in an e-advocacy email opportunity or, or a Twitter campaign. Um, do that, and then you'll automatically start to get some of that information on a routine basis. Also, look at you know for if you're specifically um, tuned into healthcare issues, look and see what you know the leading healthcare providers in the country are doing. What are their positions on that? What's your local hospital's position on that? What is your state association, like the Michigan Health and Hospital Association? What is their position on that? Um, those are great kind of places to jump in and find out more information and do a little bit of research. Um, I also really suggest, you know, sharing on social media your thoughts and your recommendations. It's really important that people take an opportunity to let their advocate voice out. <laughs> um, open the door and, and don't be shy about sharing your thoughts. You might get some negative responses and that sort of thing. You can choose to 
participate in that discussion in any way you want to. We always suggest you take the high road, but um, you know, those are it's, it's very valuable to continue to build out that grassroots not, network by sharing your thoughts and feelings with other people. Um, and, you know, do that um, with your friends and family uh, along social media. I also recommend that any chance you get, take the opportunity to meet your legislators. You know, any chance you can get to build a relationship with a legislator is, is vitally important, especially if you are very passionate about things and issues that affect you. And don't forget those national organizations, too, like AARP, the Cancer Society. Um, those are also great resources of information and support. Next, we'll hear from Representative Daniela Garcia, who represents Michigan's 90th district. Representative Garcia shares her view on the importance of advocacy based on her experiences working in government affairs and healthcare, and also her work at the federal level and now her service as a state legislator. So I think advocacy means finding an issue that you are passionate about and being relentless when it comes to it. That could be having community conversations, talking to your friends about it, voicing your opinions, your concerns with thought leaders or community members. But advocacy is very important. I I work in education a lot as well. And the one thing I always tell the students is, I don't care what you're passionate about, but find something that, that brings you passion that will improve your community so that you can impact it. And uh, hopefully that gets them engaged at a later later time. I know you used to work in government affairs for Spectrum Health. What do you wish you had known before when you were on that side? So it's actually fascinating because I worked at the federal level as well. So if I could bring that into the conversation, um, there's some stark contrast, I think, between federal and state. And one of the things working in government affairs, my primary responsibility is following state politics and state policy. And it was very new to me. Um, The one thing that surprised me is the access that you have to lawmakers to share your concerns, your opinions, to provide thoughts on policy, Um, for changes or perhaps conversation. So that was really, I think, shocking when I started working there. Um, Also, the breadth and depth of issues facing healthcare was something that was really surprising to me. You know, I'd worked on federal policy, which is a lot of Medicare, but now learning Medicaid and children and adult and all the service lines that come with working for a health system, which has really actually prepared me well for delving into the issues that we work on here at the state legislature. And now that you are a lawmaker, are there things you're learning in this position that you wish you had known when you were kind of advocating from the other side? That's a great question. So yes and no. Again, I have a little bit of a different background than most legislators when they come into this particular role because I understood policy and process. I think the depth and breadth of knowledge that advocates have in Lansing is very helpful. And I don't think I appreciated it as much as I probably should have when I was working uh, for the health system because I, you know, was doing a lot of my own research. But there's a lot of information out there and a lot of different perspectives, even on the same issue, which I find very helpful as we're implementing policy or changing policy. As a lawmaker, what advice do you have for someone who is interested in becoming an advocate for a cause um, that they're passionate about, but they're not sure how to get started? So a few different things with respect to health systems. I was just actually teaching, uh, taught a class just about policy, and we went through a bill and analysis. And the one thing I told them is 
you're in healthcare. You can be an advocate as much as you want or as little as you want, but at the end of the day, you are working for patients. And so I would think naturally because you work for patients that you are going to follow the news. You're going to see what issues are before the legislature or the federal government. And I would hope that you would engage with either government affairs professionals that they have at their local health hospital systems or engage with their legislator directly. So the one thing that I will say is, if your legislator has office hours, go to them. We have people come in all the time who are from various different industries and will say, I want to talk to you about a particular bill. So we'll have a discussion. And generally, because I'm in health policy, if it's healthcare related, I, I, I know what it is, or education or commerce, um, and voice your opinion there. And that's generally a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Each lawmaker does it differently, but I like to have one-on-one -on -one conversations email your representative with your thoughts and your opinions and your feelings in particular legislation. I also recommend making that a unique email or a unique conversation because it's a little um, interesting when you're trying to ferret out, okay, is this an organization who's pushing the exact same email uh, to you and you know, 40 people are emailing it to you. What do, do they work for somebody? Have they been affected by this illness, for example? Or are they in this industry? And I have a lot more questions, I guess, when it's not as unique. So, you know, write what you feel and how you feel about it and, and force your representatives to respond and to be responsive to you because that's our job. Mm -hmm. There's no substitute for those personal conversations and the personal outreach as compared to the kind of form emails that get sent out, right? It, exactly right. And, you know, in form emails are, are important too because somebody is taking the time to send them no doubt but if it's personalized and I can say oh you know what this is a person who lives down the street from me or I saw them at my office hours you know they took the time to see me and now they're sending me an email or now they're calling me it, it means that much more um, I think as a legislator and I take it a step further so when I'm voting on legislation, I actually have this binder on the floor with me and all my colleagues look and go, wow, that's a lot of paperwork. But it's the bill number, the explanation, how I voted in committee, if I voted in committee, and who in terms of organizations are supportive or opposed to the legislation. But then my last column is how many calls and how many emails did I get on either side of that bill? from my community, from Ottawa County. And so that is actually probably the most important column in that whole that whole binder because I know people have taken the time to contact me. And so you kind of touched on this, but um, in your view, I guess the most effective way to get in touch with their representative is their office hours. Are there any other, I guess, thoughts you had on that? Sure. I mean, office hours is one one way to do it. So look for, you know, your local paper, Facebook, all the usual uh, social media sites to see when those are. But also, you know, people call my office and make meeting requests and I will meet people for coffee and have a conversation before or after office hours or any other day as well. Um, to, to discuss what's important to them. I also, you know, sending emails is great. Phone calling into the office is uh, pretty um, awesome to hear that people are taking the time out of their day to advocate on behalf of something that they're passionate about. So there are many modes of communication. Um, some, some folks, you know, post things on social media. I tend to not get into policy discussions because it's always more complicated than it appears on social media, but um, that's another way to, you know, put your thoughts and opinions out there. What would you say to somebody who has never contacted their elected official and maybe is kind of nervous to get started? Um, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, we're people. We're <laughs> people just like you are. And so we are available and ready and willing to talk. You know, 
my job is to make sure that I'm understanding the thoughts and concerns and listening to people at home so that I can bring those thoughts and ideas and feelings here to Lansing as we're, you know, making policy. So don't feel intimidated by any means. You know, I try to be as open and honest and whether whether people people like my opinion or don't, don't like my opinion, I try to, you know, be truthful with where I am on a particular issue. And so you should expect that from your representative to be open with you, to be accessible and to give it to you straight, uh, frankly, on how, um, you know, they're feeling on issues, but don't, don't be afraid. I mean, I have folks stop me at Meyer <laughs> to talk to me in the aisles about, you know, certain bills or whatnot. Um, you know, we are elected to serve our communities. And so you shouldn't be afraid to engage with us, especially at the state level. Like I said, we are so accessible. You can come here to the Capitol, to our office, talk with staff, talk with me, talk with me, go to the Capitol, request to see me. So it, it really is an easy process. And I'll even go a step you know, down um, when there are issues that are impacting your local community that, uh, you know, your county commission, your city council, don't hesitate to go to a city council meeting and just check it out. I did that a few weeks ago. I'm a taxpayer too. I'm not just a lawmaker. And so I wanted to go and listen to the discussion. And even if you're not comfortable speaking, you can at least start to understand what the process looks like. So that maybe one day, if you are comfortable, you can go ahead and speak at that meeting. And so in the end, why is it um, important for people to be advocates? So we have many things on our plate as legislators or, um, you know, congressional members of Congress or as county commissioners, whatever elected uh, office we sit in. There are a lot of things and a lot of issues that we work on. We're not always thinking about one particular issue as passionately or it's not as top of mind as maybe it is to another person. And so telling us why you are opposed or support a particular piece of legislation helps us to put things into perspective and to say, okay, this is impacting my community. I am hearing from people in my community because if I don't hear from you, I don't know if it's a bill that you're going to like or not like or how you feel about it. So I would encourage folks to be as passionate and advocate as much as they can on the issues that are important to them, their families, their communities, so that you can bring your issues top of mind to what we're doing here every day at the Capitol, um, which is voting on bills that will impact people's lives every single day. So, you know, don't be afraid. Come talk to us. And I promise you we're friendly. <laughs> And I guess one other thing I just wanted to talk a little, or hear a little bit more about is the difference between the federal level and the state level. So it sounds like with the state, we have a lot more access to our lawmakers, but on the federal level, is that a little bit different? I think it's different, yes. I mean, you're representing, if you're a member of Congress on the House side in, in Washington, D.C., you have 700,000 people that you represent roughly. In the House of Representatives in Michigan, I have 90,000. So I know when somebody is writing me an email and I see their name, oh, that's my neighbor, or I just spoke with them a couple of weeks ago. And so there's a lot more, I guess, direct links to back home and who you represent. Not that they're not thinking of back home in D.C., it's just a different process there. Things are much slower. There's more staff. Their time um, is spent, you know, like us, but at committees that take hours and hours at a time. It's not just an hour and a half block of time, um, usually that we're scheduled here. So you will often talk to staff there, which is not a bad thing because they're the policy experts and they're advising and guiding uh, the, the member of Congress. But here we're accessible, but things also move quickly. So to be an advocate also is to be um, 
proactive as well as reactive. So if you hear if things are coming up, then it's a lot easier to influence and work on the process at the state level, I think, than it is in Congress, just by sheer number. But also, I mean, you can have a direct conversation with me because I go home every night, <laughs> um, you know, unlike in Washington, D.C., where they have to fly in and stay there. So uh, there are some differences, but I'll tell you what, um, working in Washington actually really prepared me to serve constituents and the people who elected me in the role that I'm in now. You know, I respond to every email, every phone call, every conversation. We try to be as impactful as possible because at the end of the day, I represent the people. MyCare champions can visit MyCareMatters.org to get informed and start contacting your lawmakers on the state and federal levels about issues that you're passionate about. One example of the difference MyCare champions can make is the recent defeat of the auto no-fault bill, which happened in a late-night vote on November 2nd in the Michigan House of Representatives. We've covered this issue in past episodes, so check those out if you're interested in learning more. But the bill would have had serious implications for people who are injured in serious car crashes, and MyCare champions sent hundreds of emails to their lawmakers in opposition to the bill and truly made a difference. Congratulations, and thank you for your advocacy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can leave us a review, or you can email us at communicate at mha.org. And be sure to join us in two weeks for the next episode of the MyCare Champion Cast.